Happy New Year, Blazer fans. Welcome back to another episode of the Blazer Gang podcast. I want to give a happy holiday shout out to all our listeners out there, and we're glad you're back with us here in 2019. I'm your host, Boyd Urban. We are here at the studio at Henry V Productions in North Portland. Uh, but let's hear who we got in the studio with us today. To my left, we have Brandon Kennedy. Oh, what's up? What's up? What's up? Happy birthday to you, by the way. Hey, and you. So, yeah. end of the year birthdays. Do I hear any uh, birthday shots anywhere? <laughs> I'm looking over you, wanger banger. <laughs> hey, mine's coming up on the 21st. <laughs> where, where can the folks find you, Brandon? Uh, Twitter at Brandon underscore Kennedy. All right. I had to, I had to work on that one. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's good for now. <laughs> Next to Brandon, we got all the way from Austin, Texas, my good friend, Anish Namburi. How you doing, Anish? What's good, Bo? I'm doing great. We're really happy to have you. I was so excited when we found out that we could get you in the studio with us today. In addition to Anish, well, first off, where are they going to find you? You're doing a lot of writing for Blazer Gang. You might as well give that a shout out. Yeah, uh, you can find me on Twitter at uh, underscore Nambreezy underscore again. Am I the only guy without an underscore in my name? I guess so. I tried. <laughs> Next to Anish, we've got CEO and owner of Blazer Gang in the building with us today, Dre. So, fellas, happy New Year's. Happy New Year happy to you. Happy New Year's to you, too. New Year, man. Absolutely. And where, where are they looking at you? Just regular Blazer? Uh, I mean, you can find me on all the Blazer Gang social media sites. I'm definitely responding uh, to all DMs and a lot of the comments and interactions and stuff. But uh, my personal Twitter is uh, Blazer, uh, Mr. Blazer Gonian. Mr. Blazer Gonian on Twitter. And so official with the surname. <laughs> and last but not least, we have Wang over here. How you doing, Wang? What's good? I'm doing great, man. Gained 10 pounds during the winter break. <laughs> you are not the only one. Nah. I can tell you that much. <laughs> We're all wearing the big, giant, fluffy sweaters. Right. Uh, you can catch me on Twitter at wangerbanger300 and then on my Instagram at wangout16. And uh, while we're all doing plugs, I might as well shamelessly plug myself. I'm on Twitter as well, at BUrban192, but I don't really care about that. I want you to follow the show. We're on all social media platforms. We're on Twitter as Blazer underscore gang. We're also on Facebook as Blazer gang. We're on Instagram as official Blazer gang. And of course, we've got our website with all our great articles, our merchandise, and forums that you can actually talk to us during the games. We, we, love, we love having that interaction and responding with fans, and that's blazergonian.com. And a brand new update as of 2019 that we want to share with everybody, our podcast from now on will also be on iTunes and Spotify. Oh, Make, yeah. Makes it super easy to listen to wherever you're at. Just jump on Spotify, hit it up, subscribe, and those are going to be under BG Podcast. So, without further ado, 2018's over. Let's do a little recap of, uh, of 2018. So, as you guys know, against uh, the Warriors on, back on the 29th, Terry Stotts moved into second all-time on Blazer wins. I don't think it could have came in a more exciting game oh, in God. Golden State overtime. <laughs> what are you guys' thoughts on that game? That was, that was a fun <clears throat> one to watch. I got more thoughts on that game, but I was, I was at a Spirit of 77 Ooh. Watching that with a crowd, man, nothing more electrifying than being around a bunch of fans. Just at that last moment when the shot, oh, when they miss the shot, oh, <laughs> the shivers. Let me tell you what, I was actually 10 minutes away from the Oracle Arena in California because I was visiting uh, family, but 
Man, I should have bought tickets. It would have been worth 120 bucks. And Easy. geez, I was just jumping up and down on that couch, hoping something would happen, and we we got it at the end. Yeah, that was like one of my favorite things to watch was when that shot went in and they just started showing people in the crowd and you'd see like the Blazer fan few and far between just going yeah. crazy and everybody else just like hands on their head. And I was actually watching um, San Francisco Sport Northwest, so it was very, very biased. <laughs> yeah, I tried to listen to Insert them before. Shock face. Mm -mm. Yeah. Can't do it. Uh, so as of today, January 5th, Saturday, the team is at 22 and 17. We're one and one in 2019. So that means we were 21 and 16 in 2018. First, uh, you know, 40% of the season there. Not bad, not great. Kind of middle of the ground, tied for sixth. Uh, ideally, you know, a few of those games, we, we definitely could have done better and, and came out on top. Um, but thanks to the hot start, we're right in the playoff race where we need to be. So let, let's start around. I want to do a little segment. We'll call this the good, the bad, and the ugly. So for me, the good is obviously Lillard. You know, Lillard's there for us year-round. You know we can count on him. We know what we're going to get from him. The bad, I wanted to give a, a little shout-out to Paul Allen and Larry Weinberg, uh, the original founder and owner, and the uh, who was the current owner, Paul Allen. Uh, it's been a tough tough little uh, stretch for blazer fans losing both those iconic figures so that's my bad for the year but the ugly is definitely ball movement and we we have it in games we start out hot and then we just like we play this watch ball everyone just stands with their hands in their pockets have you guys seen that yeah yeah it's like uh i think stotts and olshay at the beginning of the year they said they would try to incorporate more ball moon the offense first game against the lakers we saw that and then that hot streak it was really good mm -hmm. and then once we started losing you could kind of see that it started as teams started trapping lillard more you could see the ball movement just starting to decrease and decrease and mm -hmm. that kind of coincided with their inconsistency and everything one thing I noticed is ball movement kind of slowed down when Jake Lehman went back to the bench. I'm not saying Jake Lehman is the key to our offense, but his style of play with moving and constantly moving, even if he's not involved in the play, it kind of gave a shot in the arm. Because if you have one guy moving, it forces everybody else to move. Because if you're standing in the corner and a guy runs into the corner, you have no choice but to you know escape and go somewhere else, fill the, fill the other holes. Uh, so that's one thing I saw is when, when Jake Lehman went out, ball movement kind of got a little more stagnant. Because we got back into that play from last year, you know, where it's Lillard, Lillard and CJ and everyone else is just spotting up. And I, and I would agree with that. Actually, I have some more to, to go on that when we uh, grade the team, but I uh, or grade the players. But yeah, Layman, I felt like when Layman went off, you know, when he was starting, now when he's not starting or even playing, yeah, the, the team's production and ball movement, yeah, definitely has gone down. So mm -hmm. there's more to it uh, that I feel like is, is revolved around Mo. But are harkless. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What about you? Do you guys got any other good, bad, uglies? Throw them out. I got a good. Nerd Fever is back. What is it? Uh, the past five games, he's um, scored more than 100 points, and that's the most yeah. he's ever done. And he had that five for five with, and he's the first NBA player to ever go five for five with 20 plus and 20 plus boards. That was a great so, birthday yeah. gift, by the way. Yeah. Thank you, Yusuf. I appreciate it. I mean, did, did anybody really lose Nurk Fever? I mean, I didn't. I've I kind of did. I mean, been a you know, fan. like how you're like he, he like on fire on 2K, and then it kind of like kind of slows down a little bit. That was happening to me, and then he was back up on my on my bar. Yeah. So, so actually, I was probably the the biggest critic of Nurk. I was. Uh, 
uh, as Bo and Wang know, for I was like on the uh, start Zach Collins next year <laughs> bandwagon. So I was thinking like Nurk is a great stopgap because I didn't trust his, he was too inconsistent for me. But then over the past month and a half, I'd say he's really shown a lot to me and I've, my trust is back in him. Mm -hmm. So back on the bandwagon. Yeah, my I, I definitely got infected from the Nurk fever, but uh, you know, between myself and my wife, I kind of got over it a little bit. And my wife's a big, a big critic of Nurkic being soft inside, so it kind of wore on wore on to me. Uh, but there's been another outbreak these last few games, and I'm hoping that uh, 2019 <laughs> 2019 is the year of year of the Nurk fever again, because uh, that's that's kind of what we need. You know, we saw in these last few games when the ball goes down to Nurk, he's able to like be under control. He's not rushing it. He's not shooting three pointers. He's not rushing things. He's seeing double teams. He's seeing open men and he's just going at smaller defenders. That's the thing I like. He's not backing away or trying to get a flip shot. He's like trying to get to the rim against smaller guys. Hmm. I, ha I have a middle of the line kind of uh, uh -huh. good and kind of bad. And I, I feel like we, we base it off of it every night, but that's a menu. Mm. And it really, it really depends on Aminu's play every night, depending on how the Blazers are gonna do. I mean, he can, mm -hmm. he can be making those shots and doing well, or he can be missing those shots and the Blazers not doing good. I mean, we have to have the consistency from CJ and Lillard, obviously, which mm -hmm. CJ hasn't been bringing. But Aminu is that that big factor. I mean, he is one of our better defenders, also. So he's mm. he's defending Easily. almost the best player on the other team every game. But we have to have at least 10 to 12 points from Aminu and at least 8 to 10 rebounds from him also. Here's the thing about Aminu. No matter what, he's going to be giving his all out. Like, that dude is just a workhorse. And I understand, like, his shot is not always going to go in. Sometimes I'm closing my eyes. I'm like, ooh, is he going to make this? <laughs> or he's dribbling. <laughs> but when you have some, yeah, when you have a dude on the court like that, especially on your starting five, you have to keep him in the rotation. You got to, he's, he's averaging 9.5 and 8.2. Uh, mm -hmm. 9.5 points and 8.2 rebounds a game. So it's just that consistency with his shooting. And it's understandable because he's, he's given his all out, like offense and defense, both sides of the court. So I respect Amino and his game, and I would say more to it that this is the good. He's not hurt. He's he's playing thirty minutes a game, and he's he's still we're twenty two and seventeen in the big old West right now. So mm -hmm. I like the way Amino has been. Yeah, and the big thing with Amino is that a lot, I feel like a lot of fans expect him to make this massive jump in improvement yeah. or something. And he, I think he's he's twenty eight, twenty nine. He's been in the league for seven, eight years. And after that, it's after your first three to four years, it's very rare for someone to make that much of an improvement. And so I think fans just have unrealistic, unrealistic expectations of him and are expecting him to improve when it's really hard for veterans like that to yeah. make that jump. Like I agree that. with that. I see a lot of criticism. You know, why is Amino only scoring nine points a game or eight rebounds a game? But he's found his role. Like, not everybody is destined to be a star in the NBA. A lot of the times, you know, if you're set up in the right situation, then yeah, you can expand and, and improve your game uh, to become one of those go-to guys. But a guy like Aminu, he's a glue guy. You know, that nine and eight, good defense, low turnovers, you know, doesn't require a lot of shots for himself. Those are kind of guys that every team needs, you know, especially championship contender teams. You need a guy that can shoot 35 from three, but he's also going to lock down a number one or number two guy. Yeah, every I'm, team needs that. I, I, I want to disagree just a little bit, just okay. because, like, at the towards the end of November, middle part, end of November, mm -hmm. like Aminu was killing. Like he was giving us like 
10, 12, 15 points and at least 10 plus rebounds, mm-hmm. you know. And during that time, during that stretch, like we were actually doing, we were doing good. It was consistent, you know. And, and I mean, that's what we need from that, that small forward position, whether that be Aminu or whether that be Harkless or Layman. Like that that's what we're gonna need. And Harkless did good last night against OKC where he had a couple big blocks where he just literally took it mm, from yeah. Westbrook. He's know? had a couple big ones. But in offensive wise, like CJ's been struggling. We got Dame that we can uh we can kinda go to, um, who's consistent. We got Nurkic who's also consistent, but we still need that third person. Mm-hmm. Like who is that third person gonna be? Nurkic and CJ's been flip flopping. You know, uh, CJ's had like some 30, 40 point games, but, you know, has fallen off and been having a bad, bad year. But we mm-hmm. still need that third person. And I, th- I think Aminu can be, can be that person if he can, you know, pick it up a little bit. So let me, let me ask you this then. Uh, let's say, you know, like Anisha's saying, Aminu's kind of older. He's kind of set into his role and his ways. Would you rather have a, a nine and eight guy like Aminu starting or would you rather take a risk on a younger guy like a Mo or a layman and see if they can make that jump forward and bring Aminu as your consistent consistency off the bench. No, I mean, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I think Aminu has to start just because okay. his, his defense, I mean, yeah. he obviously yeah, has to be in that starting lineup because he's guarding the LeBron Jameses and all the, the mm-hmm. big stars, you know? Um, I just, he takes a lot of wild shots, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Especially from three point, you know what I'm saying? Like, and there'll still be time on the clock and it's, it's real, that real high arc shot, you know, and just sometimes you're like, oh, should he have a took that, you know, and either it goes in or it doesn't go in, you know, mm-hmm. but I guarantee you, if I go around the table right now and ask you, you guys, you know what I'm saying? How do you guys feel every time Aminu, uh, the ball leaves Aminu's hand? <laughs> yeah. You probably gonna be the, the uh, closing your eyes emoji type thing, you know? Yeah. So, See the bird box. <laughs> yeah, yeah. bird box. Shout out Sandra Bullock. Get that bird box challenge. So I mean, I, I think Aminu got it, you know, and I. I, I just want to see at least, you know, it's not much more than I'm asking for. A couple more points a game, you know, mm. 12 points a game, maybe 11 points, 11 points, 12 points a game, and at least like nine, 10 rebounds. Yeah. I think yeah. uh, kind of what Dre was saying leads to my good, bad, and ugly. I'd say my bad would be CJ's inefficiency this year. Oh. Uh, past two years, part of what made CJ such an effective player was his efficiency. Every mm-hmm. time he got the ball, it seemed like he had a bucket, mm-hmm. uh, whether that be his mid range or his floater. But a lot of that has gone by. I think I was reading something. Might have been something that we had in the chat. His uh, real plus minus was in the top 50 the past three years, and now we think 139. It's it's way down there. And so I think for us to be successful, he needs to he needs to be back to his efficient ways, obviously. And uh, yeah, something needs to change. That's with CJ. weird. It's weird with CJ because I mean we've seen all the videos all summer and him mm-hmm. working hard. I mean e- even seeing him guard Westbrook. Uh, last night, I was going back to the videos he was posting in the summertime on Instagram where he was actually guarding Westbrook, you know, and you can tell that he was learned. He had learned stuff in the summertime from guarding Westbrook, just certain things that Westbrook mm-hmm. does where CJ had to jump up real quick because West- Westbrook shot and kind of contended, you know, so mm-hmm. I-, I don't know what it is with CJ. I mean, we've seen him doing his workout videos and working on his his uh, finishing at close to the rim and his floaters and stuff like that, but it's just been really inconsistent. It could be, you know, like one of the, like every now and then we get these great shooters that go into like some weird, like prolonged funk that eventually they break out, you know, shooters keep shooting, but a lot of shooters you go, you know, down the, down the board, a lot of them have had one, you know, maybe half a year where they were just kind of off for whatever reason. Cause like you look at CJ and his field goal percentage, 45.5, not bad, but his three point percentage, 32.9, you know, he's, he's behind Stauskas, Lehman. 
Aminu, Lillard, Leonard, and Curry on the team for three-point percentage. That's not a good look for a guy who's a shooter. And but then his two points, he's pretty, he's fairly accurate. Yeah, and going back to our first podcast where we had with Jason Quick on uh, mm-hmm. our podcast, like his biggest thing going into the year was C.J. McCollum. Mm-hmm. Because CJ had it all aligned, he had it all together. You know, he 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 got his engagement to his fiance, about to get married. He got his contract, his finances is all set. I remember that. You so know, all the external things is what you're saying is kind of affecting. Yeah, everything, all his pieces and puzzle outside of basketball has fallen into place for CJ. You know, so like externally, it seemed like all he could he could just go out there hoop. That's all he just needed concentrate to work. on yeah. basketball. Just concentrate so you on think this is kind of comparable to Clay Thompson because Clay Thompson's also having a pretty bad year. Yeah, that's right. that's actually. A great comparison that's a good yeah it's really good comparison there i think i think we still trust cj just like people trust clay thompson it's just obviously like a lower ceiling and everything but yeah i think we still trust cj but it's just a little bit concerning just to see the level of struggles that we're having or that he's having sorry Mm -hmm. especially like with with lillard playing solid nurk improving and it's it's kind of seemed like it a lot is just hung on cj like is he going to get 20 today or is he going to be getting you know 12 or 15. and that's the same thing kind of i mean is, is another bad thing too is our our bench inconsistency oh yeah like are we going to have 50 points one game or are we going to have six Jeez. yeah we were the leading we were the leading bench scoring team for a while there early in the season right and then we had games where we had you know 10 points off the bench I don't think I don't think I've seen a game where the bench has done like average. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. Th- I've, right. I've either seen them do like <laughs> super well yeah. or just terrible. Yeah, or like a player like Seth who has been doing well these last you know four or five games or whatever. You know he's doing good, but then who else is going to step up? Et's yeah. been mm-hmm. struggling. You know, and watching it last night, you have the point guards on the second unit, uh, Et or whoever may be in Seth. Uh, you got people distributing, and then you have Jake Lehman who's cutting, but then you got Myers and Zach and everybody else standing in the shooter's position at the three-point line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not enough, not enough movement. Yeah. yeah. Not off the ball movement, too. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. I, I think we need more slashers. I mean, look, I don't know if you guys have been watching the Denver Nuggets play, but, geez, their ball movement is crazy. They got Jokic just, you know, delivering everywhere, and then you got great slashers like um, Jamal Murray. Gary if you, Harris. Yeah, Gary Harris. You watch those two guys like just go at it. They're just they're just like moving the ball everywhere and then it just opens up the whole court, which is mm-hmm. you know, it's you got But it also it also helps when your seven foot one or seven foot two player can hit from anywhere. Okay, yeah. But that's not what I'm saying though. I'm yeah. saying that because as far as the sure, points are concerned, can, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like you have these other guys that are actually slashing and moving. They're not just sure. watching the guy go ISO. <laughs> on everybody else. But it comes down to that consistency as well. I mean, like they're playing good and they're consistently shooting well. So it's like, I, I mean, I get like, I get yeah. what you're saying, but I mean, when it comes down to it too, our, our problem, yeah, it's movement, but it's inconsistency. So can I say something that might be a positive? Last year we did really well going into the playoffs. So we got the third position mm-hmm. and then in the playoffs we went, we got swept. So right now we're kind of struggling, but you see that we got the pieces there. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like if we can, if we can, are, are the Blazers playing with the fans? You know what I'm saying? Like, are, are they playing with the NBA and the other teams? You know, like they don't want to show them what they really have right then and there. You know what I'm saying? Because as long, as we, the long can, as long as we can get into the playoffs, 
just like New Orleans did us, get into the playoffs, then everybody's healthy, and then we show them what we have. And I mean, I mean, couldn't you say that you could do that with every? You could say that with every team. Every team long could con. be doing that. The long run is to do that. I mean, but it seems but, more so like that with the Blazers, with the inconsistency. You know what I'm saying? Because it seems like I mean, like Et disappears a lot. Yeah. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. a lot of people disappear. CJ isn't uh, consistent like he usually is. You know, is. Are, are they saving it is what mm-hmm. I'm trying to say. Like, are they, are they saving everything that they could put out until later in the season? I mean, I have to disagree to a degree because, again, everyone, as much as they're playing for the team, they're also playing for contracts. Yeah. You know, like, they, like, they can't sit there. Is CJ and, playing for a contract? <laughs> well, no, but I mean, like, <laughs> no, but I'm saying, exactly. like, you're young in your career, though. Like, you're anybody else in that team except for, like, CJ or, you know, Dame, like, you're, you're playing for a future contract, whether it's, it's more money or not, because, I mean, York still wants more money eventually. Everybody mm-hmm. in that team wants to get more money. And if you start lowering your stats and playing like garbage or playing inconsistently, you won't get good looks except for the team who has you on the, on the payroll. But they can't pay everybody evenly more money. So I'm, I, I get that. But, I mean, that, it still doesn't matter as far as them holding, holding it back for the long term. You know what I'm saying? Because if they're holding it back, they go to the playoffs, they do really well. That would be that, great for a season. That brings tested. up their stocks, you know. I don't think I don't think they can afford to afford to hold back in, the in West, any way. Because yeah. yeah. there's it's brutal. There's, I know yeah. there's like it's starting to separate a little bit, but you could easily make a case for one through fourteen making the playoffs. But Easy. as long as they stay in that pack and they do make the yeah. playoffs, you know what I'm saying? Like there's games that you like. Oh, obviously the Blazers not trying to do it, but you can you know throw away games or games where. This person's hot. You know what I'm saying? Go ahead, Wang. I see I don't, So, Dre, let me ask you this question. When you play get basketball, and you, you're going all out, right? I'm every passionate. Game, passionate. Right? Passionate. Are I got to win. Are you telling me that you're consistent every game? No, I'm not consistent every game. But you know what? I know my style of game. Sure. So I know that I'm a defensive player. I know that I'm a hustler, and I'm going to give that 100%. Okay. We know that CJ's a scorer. We know that he's a slasher. We know that he's a playmaker. We expect that. Okay, that answers my question. Like, if if they know that, if they know their game, you know what I'm saying. Like, obviously, they're not going to make a, you know, he's not going to score thirty a game or even twenty five a game. You know what I'm saying? But he has to be able to produce in other in in other ways to help the team. All right. Well, we've talked a lot about inefficiency and and kind of things that maybe could change going into this new year. So let's talk about some New Year's resolutions for the Blazers. Anybody got any that they want to throw out there? Yeah, actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw another sl- shameless plug on the website. I actually wrote my New Year's resolutions for the Portland Trail Blazers. I have three of them, and uh, I'm just gonna give you uh, one of them, and and that one is to play the hot hand. Um, mm-hmm. At the beginning of the year. For his press conference, Terry Stott said that he wanted a more solidified rotation where it was a starter and bench and wanted that full bench unit. And while I do get what he's saying, and it's and he's done that for a lot of the times this year, and it's worked a lot of the times, but there's also been those times where someone on the bench, whether it be Seth Curry, Nick Stauskas, Jake Lehman, Zach Collins, anyone, has been playing really well, but then has been subbed out while they're still in the flow of it and still hot mm-hmm. and then they go back to the starters and they and the blazers lose that momentum and so i think terry stotts needs to put a little bit more of an effort into making sure that who's the playing the best five players at that given moment i yeah. know the best five players overall uh if you just look at it are are dame cj mo aminu nurk mm-hmm. but 
if if during the game someone is playing better than them, I think he has to make a, a more of a conceded effort to play them. Yeah, I I totally agree with that because you have situations where like Seth or Stauskas might have you know five quick points or six quick points in a row in, in a quarter, and then you know maybe like late in the first quarter, early second quarter, but then and I've seen this with Stauskas where he had a good second quarter and then didn't play the second half, and it's just like you got to keep riding that guy until it starts to break down a little bit. You know, at least give him a heat check. Yeah, it's it's kind of odd. I mean, maybe it's, we see it because we got a bigger screen, but like. I feel like he should under, like realize like who has the hot hand. It's like it's pretty obvious. We can see it on the court, and then he subs it out, and then the rotation gets all messed up, which is kind of mm-hmm. mind-boggling. I mean, it's scratching my head. It's nothing new with Stas. Yeah, what I was just gonna say. It's what we've been seeing, you we've know. And, and, I mean, and we've been we've been fine with it, and now mm-hmm. we're kind of fed up, you know. Yeah. I mean, at at the seven eight minute mark in the first quarter, he's putting a second unit yeah. in, no yeah. matter who's hot or who's not. You know? Yeah, it's like it's like set rotations. Like you mm-hmm. know, it's coming before it's before it's there. Mm-hmm. You know, like okay, it's about time for Lillard to go. That's why I like watching the games at home. My wife will be like, "It's the fourth quarter. Why isn't Lillard in?" I'm like, "He's gonna come in at the seven minute mark." Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. Like you already it's, know. It seems like they make adjustments on defense, but they don't really make adjustments with their rotations that much mm-hmm. during the game. Mm-hmm. And I think a big thing was, like like you said, it's not nothing new for Stotts. Before, we didn't really have any way of having a good bench. Mm-hmm. And now that we have at least some players who have the ability to do that, mm-hmm. he hasn't really figured that how, figure out how to do that yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because when he first came to Portland, he did have some really terrible bench units. Right. And now there's actually some production there. It's just about like untapping it and using it to its full potential, not falling back on like thinking of old ways, like, oh, well, when my only player off the bench was Alan Crabb, I kind of had to stick to a strict rotation, <laughs> you know. Uh, I, I got one here. Uh, my New Year's resolution for the Blazers is more giving. Because when we give the ball to each other, everybody prospers. And when we lose games, we're averaging 19.6 assists, which is just horrible. When we win, we're a little bit better, 22.8, you know, three assists better. Uh, I would still like to see that number rise up a few, a few ticks. But uh, it shows that when we move the ball, we get assists, we find the open man, Everybody's scoring. Everybody's having fun. We're winning games. And the opposite happens when we just try and play stall ball or iso ball. You know, we might get a good crossover here and there to, you know, put online, but it's not sustainable to win game after game. So that's one. That's what I'd like to see for the Blazers this year is just look to move the ball to the open man. Don't worry about getting your own shot because it's going to come. If CJ d- dishes out three assists to Aminu, Mo, and Lillard, the next one's going to come back to him. Because the defense is going to be adjusting to the other guys. So now he's going to find himself in a one-on-one. I, li- I like the ball movement. We do really well when we start off playing the ball movement. I want to see us start off the game trying to go inside out first, you know. Give it the ball to Nurkic starting off the game. See if he can get going against their big men. Uh, the only thing with the ball moving and, and moving the ball fast like we want to do is uh, our turnovers. And, and we're really bad on a uh, fast break uh, once we turn the ball over. Our transition mm-hmm. defense is horrible. You know, mm-hmm. so, I mean, if we're going to play that fast-paced game and, and move the ball around, then we need to make sure that we get back on defense when we do turn that ball over. That's a good point. How about you, Brandon? You got a New Year's resolution for us? No, but I got a whole lot of grades of the players individually. We'll get into that in just a minute. How about you, Wang? Close us out. New Year's resolution. Um, I like I said earlier, just more cutting. You got you were saying ball movement that kind of coincides with the slashing. People being able to communicate and talk 
and that was in the early on in the year um year that was actually not well the communication was just off and it seems like it's still kind of mediocre um the communication could be doing well slashing just look at other teams that have been doing it well like i said the nuggets um the warriors um we need to do that way better um other than that i think we're we're doing okay on everything else and just one more thing i really agree with the cutting point because if you look at our team we have a lot of players who cut really well cj's a really good cutter layman harkless aminu Mm -hmm. and i think we can really if we utilize those players and max and try to maximize them in that area i Mm -hmm. think that'll really improve our team because the okc they they're not a great shooting team either but they like Wang said, like the Nuggets, they they utilize their cuts extremely well because they have athletic players just like us, mm-hmm. and they're they're successful on offense. And I, I know they have a mu- a very very good defense, but on offense, they get it done through Westbrook and Paul George finding those finding those players yeah. off the ball. And just one more thing, you touched you talked about the Nuggets and their cutting and how you know Jokic is an incredible passer. One thing I've noticed is one of the best guys passing the cutters on our team is Nurkic. Yeah. Oh, he, we yes. center the ball with him. And him hitting Lillard on that back door. It Ooh, frees up, him and frees Lillard up just Lillard tennis and CJ. Yeah. yeah. That way the defense can't cue in on the point guard or the shooting guard because the center has the basketball. And if it's one-on-one with a smaller guy, he's starting to get comfortable and being able to you know, try and take him off the dribble. But that also just frees up everybody else to move. It's just like a big wheel. And so that's one thing also, you know, that we could improve on this year is getting the ball to Nurkic a little more. Not necessarily that he's going to be your number one guy, but centering the offense around him frees up everybody else a little bit. So on that note, let's get into some player grades. So we're going to do, uh, we're going to break this down. Uh, we're going to grade a few players uh, on an A to F grade scale, and it's based off the individual player expectations. So don't grade, you're not grading Lillard the same way you're grading Aminu. It's what you personally expect out of this guy in the year and how you feel that he's hit that mark or missed that mark. Uh, so I'll start off with Lillard. Obviously, I'm going A. I wanted to say A+, plus, but then I was like, mm, he's not at 30 points a game, so I'll go with a solid A. But Overall, I don't really have any any complaints on his uh, his style of play this year. Is, I I hope no one else does. Yeah, let, uh, yeah. yeah. Can we get like a cricket soundbite here? I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna go with A as well. Yeah, we're, I think we're all A he's, for. The, he's already. It's almost halfway into the season, and he's eclipsed 40 points five times. This is tied for his career high. So he's I, he's probably gone on pace to hit double digits in 40 point games. His defense has improved a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, he's the on third. pace to score more than he has any season. I think uh, yeah. we've seen it. It's, he's the third player this year to hit the thousand point mark. So mm-hmm. you know, that's, I'm giving him an A plus. Actually, you're giving him. An I'm a+. gonna give him an A plus because he's actually improved on his defense. That's a good point. You know, he has really. You can see the effort. You know, getting in the defensive position, getting his hands in the guys. You know, in his pockets, trying to get some steals, and he Fit. has gotten some steals. Finishing at the rim. Yeah, being able to get those calls where uh, he can feel the defender on him at the three-point line and and throwing it up right mm-hmm. when they're getting ready to blow that whistle. Also, mm-hmm. and he's also finally getting a little bit of that star treatment. Yeah, by he's rest, getting recognizing those that calls. Yep, and also like. He's he's I feel like he's separating himself in that point guard echelon. Like it was always like a big group. It was like Steph and then a big group. Right. And I think Lillard is moving closer and closer to Steph mm-hmm. and separating himself from the Kyrie's, the Westbrooks, everyone like that. I just seen something on Twitter. Somebody said that if if Steph Curry was no longer in the league, then all they would be talking about is Damian Lillard. <laughs> That's a good point. 
Really? Because our fan vote doesn't look like it. Uh, all stars. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, all the fans care about is Derrick Rose. <laughs> what? <laughs> Shout out to Derrick so uh, Shout let's out to Derrick Rose, though. Let's move into uh, our next candidate here. Uh, CJ. CJ McCollum. Who wants to start it off? Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, I, I'm not, like we were saying, talking about earlier, I'm not willing to give up on CJ, but I'm going to give him a B minus. Um, I'm not really enjoying his uh, inconsistency at all. That's pretty obvious at this point. What, mm-hmm. 10 points last night? And what, the night before, 30 points? Something like that? Right. Uh, 14 the night before that. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, like, come on. <laughs> so, it, either way. So, I mean, B minus, just because I, I expect more out of the season. I hope he has just a temporary case of the yips <laughs> and, uh, and that he gets rid of it fast. I mean, that's kind of generous being that we just gave Lillard an A. B minus. <laughs> B minus is basically a C plus. I had, I had him at B minus also, just because he hasn't completely fallen off the map. He's still averaging, you know, 20, 20.8. He's still shooting 45%. And, and, but the reason I went B minus is because his three point shooting percentage is 32.9. And the fact that he only generates 3.7 rebounds and 2.6 assists. If those could rise up, guard, yeah, yeah. If those could rise up, you know, one or two ticks each, and then you add in a better shooting percentage. Are we, are we that's, going off of stats or are we going off of expectations? Well, I'm going. Ooh. I'm just using the stats to base my expectations <laughs> because I, you know, okay, two point uh, six assists for a guy who has the ball in his the hands stats a don't lot. Lie. That's that's not going to cut <laughs> yeah, it for me. Yeah. I'm giving him a C. Um, like I said, like again, I'm going to reference the article that I had that I wrote, um, but. Basically, now that Evan Turner is the primary ball handler, CJ is losing a lot of those touches, which is what made him so successful. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's also limiting his effectiveness. And also, I think he was a lot, one of the criticisms of him in the past was that he was too reliant on the mid range. And I think over the summer, he tried to. Uh, follow the efficiency numbers of that of the norms and everything where it's just layups and three-pointers mm-hmm. and I think that's kind of taking away the strength of his game which is his mid-range and I understand that's not the most efficient shot in the world but it's his best shot and he's so good at it and so I think that's him not taking as many of those is really leading to him struggling this yeah. year it's not the most efficient shot but it's efficient if you can make it yeah and he can make it so a little bit of history about me uh, is um, I was actually a bigger CJ fan than a Damian Lillard. So every time that somebody would actually say, do a trade and who would you trade? I was like, trade, trade Damian Lillard. Because you, in the past, when CJ actually had the ball, the, the team knew that they had an opportunity to actually get the ball. So they would actually be moving. When Damian Lillard has the ball, a lot of the team actually just stands there and watches Damian Lillard make a move. Um, before I actually heard you guys give your grade for CJ McCollum, I was actually thinking D. Giving giving Lillard an A, and then you guys giving him a B. I was like, all right, maybe B I'm minus. being t- maybe I'm being too hard on him. You I'm know? the soft teacher, obviously here. <laughs> so I'm, I'm gonna give him a C, I, and I really like what Anish said because it's accurate. Um, him him not being in that second unit any longer and being in control of that second unit and mm-hmm. giving ET pretty much primary primary uh, ball handling uh, control in that second unit and putting CJ Moore with Damian Lillard, like I heard earlier a couple weeks ago maybe or a week ago uh this is the most time that cj mccullum has actually played with damian lillard Mm -hmm. lillard during the game so uh yeah him not getting the touches definitely is gonna hurt his uh percentages um you know his 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 points per game so um based on my expectations what i wanted to see for cj coming into the season 
as of right now, I'm going to give him a C. Okay. I can agree with that. I'm going to go with C+. Plus. CJ, C+. Plus. <laughs> C+, plus, B-. Minus. Same thing, right? <laughs> 79, 80. The difference between like what, a 2-4 and a 2-1 or something? <laughs> I don't know. So next up on the chopping block, we have the Bosnian beast, Yusuf Nurkic. The fever. Uh, let's, uh, let's run this one back the other way. Wang, take us away. I'm giving Nurk a B plus. Um, th- at the beginning of the year, it was kind of around like a C average, and these past, I would say, eight games, he's been he's been on a tear. Um, so it kind of rose up to a B plus. Uh, he, like you guys were saying earlier, he's been um, actually going to the rim and using his. He's got really good footwork and. He's been moving the ball really well with Lillard and kind of playing that tennis game, um, which has really opened up kind of his um, scoring, and he's attacking the basket like he means it. So I'm going to go with the B+. Plus. Mm-hmm. I'm going with the A. Um, he's not giving us those soft touches around the rim anymore like no he did shots. last year. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, he's, he's, he's really picked it up. Uh, I think that just the other night he had 14 of 15 or something at the free throw line. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, so, I mean, that's huge for Narkic. He's increasing his uh, free throw percentage. He's out there banging with other centers, and he's looking like a true center out there. So, he's for a- my expectations for Nurk for the season as of right now, I'm definitely giving him an A. Yeah, he's really starting to like grow into his body because I mean he's like twenty two, twenty three, so right. like he's still getting used to it. He's only played basketball for like eight years, right? So he's styling, starting to show that progression. I'm also giving him an A. Um, like I said before, I was a little low on him t- when the season started, but over the past month, I'd say he's really exceeded my expectations. Mm-hmm. And I think a big thing was not only my problem, but a lot of fans' problems. They were expecting such a big improvement from him and such a like a such a big jump and that doesn't happen that often so we have to take the gradual improvements that he's made over mm-hmm. the past i think it's just just coming about to two years right yeah, yeah almost two years on the deadline, yeah. yeah so i think he's made some good improvements but and i think he can still make more because he's still young and so i'm gonna give him an a just because of everything he's done with the passing and his physicality inside and he's gotten he's gotten better with his uh, mobility on defense like obviously he's a bigger set guy so he's not going to be the most mobile like capella or jaron jackson Mm. or someone like that but for his size he's pretty mobile and i think that's been really good for us this year Mm -hmm. i mean i get what you're saying as far as that goes and i'm giving him an a as well but i mean when he came from denver and that first denver game they played where he just blew us out of blew them out of the water stats wise and just like hey look what i can do here um yeah he set the bar really high for what he can do and what we expect out of him going forward in the seasons um, I'm giving him an A because I mean he's easily a player that I can't live without at this point. Um, him and Dame just crush it. I love I love his role. I love that he's fitting into it. I love he's improving. I mean, there's nothing that he's doing at this point that I, I really don't like. He's consistent, so I'm happy. Yeah, I'm gonna hit him with a B plus, and I kind of agree with Wang here. Uh, he didn't start the season the way I would like him to, uh, but he's done great last month or month or so so he's he's brought his grade up in my mind so i'm gonna hit him with a b plus i could easily see that going into an a by the end of the year if he keeps up his his progression so moving forward we'll go on to chief uh i'll start this one off uh i have a menu as a b and i was a little this one was probably the toughest one for me to grade because he he doesn't do a lot offensively and so i kind of had to take that out of my mind but he, he's got sh- good shooting percentages. Uh, he's 43%, 35 from three. You know, we talked earlier about his, sh- his shooting stats, 9.5 points. So he's kind of doing like 
exactly what we would expect and uh, not necessarily what we need. We could use a little bit more. Uh, so that's kind of why I had him set down right at, right at the a solid B. Yeah, I'm gonna. I have B as well. Actually, uh, you know what he's. You know what you're gonna get out of him, like you were saying on offense and defense. And if we're looking based off statistics, that's the numbers he's gonna put up. Like you're not gonna get any better, or any lower than that. Um, so Amino's a solid B to me, and um, <clears throat> I expected nothing more or less from Amino. Uh, Amino's a tough one for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have to grade him in two different categories. I would have to grade him in defensive category and offensive category. Yeah. You but then you got to average him out because you don't <laughs> just play one thing on in basketball. You got to get the average score, though. Uh, on the yeah. defensive side, I'm definitely going to give him an A. Yes. Just because he's our one of our best defenders. Um, on the offensive side, um, his field goal percentage is up. His first year with Portland, he actually averaged 10.2 points a game in 28 minutes. Um, he's now averaging 9.5 points per game in 30 minutes um and he's really inconsistent um the last game that we played he had 16 and 15 but then on other nights he can disappear and have five and four or three and two like he did uh 12 19 and 12 21 versus memphis and utah mm-hmm. um so i'm definitely probably gonna give him i give him an a on the defensive side c on a offensive side average it out i'll give him a b all right fair enough I'm giving him a B minus, uh, kind of like you guys said. He's doing exactly what we expected of him, and he's not doing much more. And so I would give him like probably a B. But there, but like Dre said, there was like I want to say early December there was a period where he was just really bad offensively. <laughs> I remember and that. There's still that fear factor, and I don't think you can fully trust him offensively. And I know he he does things well most of the time, but there's still that thing in the back of your mind. Where you can't trust him. I'll tell you why I can't trust him running a fast break. I know that much. <laughs> yeah, jeez. <laughs> I don't even want to talk about that. No, I mean like C plus for me. Um, I mean I, I know like I'm, I'm a broken record when I talk about inconsistencies. And yeah, like we we're saying, offensively, he's very inconsistent. Um, you know when he gets that when he gets that good look at the three point shot, and we're like, oh god, just <laughs> don't take it, or at least run it in. But at the same time, he's getting his offense is predictable i mean you, we always know that that signature move that he has we're kind of like that fake mm-hmm. fake drive it goes in for it and um so it, like i, I want to see some like, diversity in his in his play so but i don't know c plus for now i like to see him improve i think he's got a lot of room to improve he's getting a ton of looks so i mean yeah well let's move on to mo harkless uh mm-hmm. who wants to start this one off i'll go ahead and start this one off i was actually just looking up his stats actually <laughs> I um I'm going to go back to our first podcast where we actually talked to Jason Quick again. And Jason actually said that he was really concerned about Mo Harkless. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm concerned with him also. Um, Just watching the last game, um, even the national uh, TV uh, announcer said that it looked like he was bothered by his his knee. I mean, he was limping. Um, I I think if he just, if he isn't going to get fully healthy, I think we should just shut him down. You know, Uh, I mean, he's playing. Some games, Golden State game, he had 37 minutes. I mean, he only scored wow. seven points and had nine rebounds. Uh, the other Golden State game, right the day before that or the two days before that, he had 31 minutes and had 11 points and eight rebounds. Um, so, I mean, just inconsistent. I mean, he is another one of our, probably our second best defender. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm, di- I'm disappointed. I, I really expected a lot out of Mo this year, so I'm probably going to give him a D. Yeah. 
Yeah. I'm, I'm on board with you. Uh, I expect a lot more with from him, and I know he had the injury coming into the year and that really weird way that the Blazers kind of handled it with playing him and then not playing him, and they came back and they went away, and it's just like and they're, said, if you're they're hurt, still doing that. If you're hurt, shut him down, let him get healthy. Don't don't do this any of this rushing him back to get a you know a game or two in so he has to sit out. Yeah, the next I mean, we have too many people like on the Brandon Roy thing. Give- <laughs> yeah, definitely. We don't, we don't talk soon? about that around, around these parts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I got him as a C. Uh, I was hoping he could take that next step. Like he just has to find a way to get himself involved more. Like you said, he's our second best defender probably, and he's had some really clutch blocks and clutch deals, like the end of the Warriors game. Uh, so he impacts the game, but it's just not enough offensively to like make a difference. Like go get some offensive rebounds and putbacks or slash, get, get your 10 points through slashing or something. You know, it's just the consistency is not there for me. Yeah. But we can't look at a player like Mo and be like, Oh man, he's got some good blocks and that defines him as a this outstanding <laughs> player. I mean, yeah. I gave him a deep, deep plus cause I'm personally just not feeling Mo. I mean, mm-hmm. when he was not playing at the beginning of the season, we were winning pretty consistently. And he comes back, and I feel like our lineup has evolved into this better, more efficient lineup. And then Mo comes in and is like, hey, I'm going to start, right? And then he starts, and then we start losing. And then he gets out, we start winning. So, I mean, like, I'm seeing this pattern of, like, when Mo's not necessarily playing and handling the ball, we're winning. Yeah, it's it's hard, too, because, yeah. I mean, the, you, you put Jake Lehman in there where Jake, he can't do the same stuff yeah. that Mo Harkless can do on the defensive side, you yeah. know, but... But at uh, the I same totally time, agree. the West is is a shooting league. I mean, like this is we need to have shooters, not yeah. necessarily defenders. It's like watching an All Star game. I mean, no one's defending anything. Well, yeah. and we can't have a whole team full of non defenders. Well, of course, but I mean, <laughs> like, but to trade like Layman's defense for Mo's lack of shooting. I mean, like, I'd rather have Layman out there, and I was happier with Layman out there, and that was yeah. kind of what I was holding back on earlier because I, I wouldn't mind seeing Layman back in. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree with that. I think Layman has earned minutes. And whatever way we get into him this year, we got to get him something because he, he's shown when he's in the game that he can be productive. Yeah. Uh, so let's uh, let's go. We got two more here on our list. Uh, next up is going to be Evan Turner. Uh, Evan Turner, I got him as a C minus. Uh, I, I really I really hate to give any failing grades this early, so I'm I'm right on that borderline of C minus. Interesting. Like, it's just it's just. Being that second unit guy, he's got control of the second unit, and you know he's putting up seven and a half points a game, a couple assists, couple rebounds. He's just not cutting it. Like we don't need to talk about his contract. We all know about that, uh, but we just need more from the second unit because he, when he's on that second unit, it's clicking. But if he's not there, that second unit is just like terrible. Well, he's facilitating. You know, like I think he's refound his role. I mean, he's a much better facilitator than he is you know, a shooter. Oh yeah. And so like, I mean, I'm giving him a B personally because of that. Cause I've seen that improvement over the course of our careers. When he came over, I was like, all right, this is cool. I'm excited. And then I started watching him play with the team. And uh, I was not excited, especially with, you know, with the contract we, we will not mention. And, uh, but now I feel like he's earning his keep, you know, he's playing well. He's, he's kind of figured out his role in the team. Mm-hmm. Granted, he's not, you know, scoring double digits every night, but he's mm-hmm. certainly improved there. And he's definitely improved his stats on passing. So, I'm giving him a C plus. Uh, I was like, I like as much as I've grown to like ET as a person. Uh, I think he's a really funny guy and everything. I've never liked him as a player in terms of the fit on our team. He never really made sense to me. And I think um, his 
he's playing better this year, but I think that's mostly because the the management and Stotts have kind of forced the issue. Like we need to try to make Evan Turner seem like a good like a good fit mm-hmm. somehow. And obviously, while he's playing better again, that like I said before, they're te- that's taking away touches from CJ and other players like that. Mm-hmm. So like yeah, he's doing he's doing better than last year, but it's at the expense of other players in my opinion so i'm he's he's done okay but i don't know i i still i'm not a the greatest fan i'm i'm conflicted with et just looking up some stats and just going off of what anisha's saying uh his his points per game is almost at a career low uh his assists also mm, he had better seasons in boston where his assists were definitely up um out of the last seven games four of them he only had two points so out of the last seven games, four of them had two points each game. So um, I don't know. I, 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 he has found a good role with that second unit, and he really does help uh, that second unit around him with him he, him being able to distribute the shooters the ball. Um, I, my expectations going into the season with ET um, were probably a little higher than they are right now. Um, I do like what Stas and them have done with, with E.T., but I'm probably going to have to give them a C. I'm going with the C-. minus. I like Anish. I never really liked E.T.'s game. Um, I do like his little, like, turnaround shot that he oh, like, does. Body breakdown? Yeah, that, that one always goes in. But you know who, um, besides Aminu, makes me want to just tear my eyes out when he's a shoot a three? It's, it's E.T. He, he, I know he's an average. I mean, how many threes are you seeing him shoot? I've he's, seen him shoot enough. Really? Where I'm he's like, shooting 12% this year. Yeah, <laughs> and I've seen him. I, I mean, it might be like he's averaging maybe one three a game, but every time yeah. I know that's not going in. Um, he's playing like I expected, so that's why I gave him a, a C and then a little below a C- minus because just, I don't know, I just don't like the way he fits on our team as well. well I can agree with that. I mean, I don't think anybody's really arguing the fit right now. Now it's just a like in hindsight, trying to figure out like, well, he's here. We got to figure something out. I mean, we don't, we don't have to <laughs> utilize him if we don't need to. That's kind of just forcing something that. Yeah. Well, yeah. What are you going to do? But he's a, I will give him, he's a very, very good defender. Yeah. So last but not least, we got the young guy, Zach Collins. Uh, I went with a C. He looks like a second year player right now. Early in the year, I was like, oh, maybe he is progressing faster than we expected, but Lately, it's like he's disappeared on the on the court. So I just have him at C, see how the rest of the year goes for him. Hasn't done anything that necessarily really impressed me. You know, some good defensive possessions, some bad ones. You know, he's had some good offensive games. He's had some bad offensive games. So it's just middle ground. Just I'm really on the fence about him now. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I give him a B plus for the same reason. You know, he's a second year player, and I, f- I feel like he's doing really well personally. Um, you know, granted, right now I'm not seeing a lot in the court. There's been a lot of inconsistencies. I went back the last four games and saw what six minutes over, like what 26 minutes, 15 to 15. Like he's getting inconsistent times in the court, but um, I don't know. From the beginning of the season, that's kind of what I I'm kind of hallmarking on is uh, you know when he was playing a lot better, and I was like, oh man, this is this guy is going to be a, a mm-hmm. huge force in for the team. So, how about you guys? I'm going to give him a B minus. I think 
us as fans saw him at the end of last year and even if and even at the beginning of this year and our expectations just spiked way mm-hmm. too high I, I mean I did that too and I think it's tough to remember that he is a really really young player second year in the league he's never had an expanded role even in high school uh he didn't start until his senior year and so that's his senior year of basketball was his first time getting extended opportunity then he was a six man on gonzaga mm-hmm. kind of inconsistent minutes last year found his found a little bit of a groove at the end of the year and then is going into uh th- this season where he's like you said, playing a little inconsistent. So it's tough for him just because of how raw he is, how young he is, and the lack of opportunity or lack of uh, – he did, his margin of error is really low because we are a playoff team. He can't afford to make those mistakes like some of the other rookies. I still think he's a really great player, and he can be a really great, great player. It's just that with it's tough to see him take those lumps when, we, when we're fighting for playoff position. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. My grade is undetermined. Um, undetermined. Like I, me and my friend like compared him earlier on the podcast. I was saying kind of I could see him being like a Dirk kind of player. So that's obviously not spanning out. But um, yeah, it's very undetermined for me. So I'm not even going to give him a grade right now. He's too young. He needs uh, some yeah, more time. Just turned 21. Yeah. Uh, I like the seven footer man. Uh, I, I like the edge that he gives us. I like the attitude. Um, I, th- I think his big problem is is him getting into foul trouble. Um, if he can kind of control that early in the games, um, Stotts can kind of go to him. Uh, I mean, he brought up all of his stats from last year. Um, he really started off well this year. I think that he can be a consistent uh, backup center for Nurkic in the future. Um, I'm definitely going to probably give him a B also. Okay. I mean, yeah, I like the optimism. He's still young, like you guys all said. Uh, there's one more guy I forgot to uh, throw on the grade list here, and that's uh, our sixth man here at Blazer Gang, Killerburger. I mean, I don't know about hey. you guys, but I'm giving, giving Killerburger an A+. Plus. I, I, I wasn't a big burger guy before this year, but uh, I've changed my ways. Today we had the classic burger here in the studio. It's got American cheese, lettuce, tomato. There's special house sauce. They don't tell you what's in it. Uh, they just call it house sauce. You know, grilled onions, pickles, and... Of course, every burger they have comes with bacon. Uh, just a really, overall, just a solid quality burger. Brandon, what do you think? Yeah, I love it. Uh, <laughs> I literally devoured it before the show. And I, you know, yeah. I, I love Killer Burger personally, uh, even before the show. It's just a bonus. So I, I, love, I love getting my burger, eating it. You, you heard it here from Brandon Kennedy. They have great burgers. They're all across the, the uh, metro area from... Northeast, the Southeast, downtown, even at the Moda Center. If you're watching the Blazer games, go there. Tell them you heard about it on Blazer Gang. Yeah, I mean, honest, in my opinion, easily some of the best food in the Moda Center. I mean, easily. as far as like easily. Yeah, I, I, I love the burgers. So across the board. Well done. So we've uh, we spoke a lot about inconsistencies in the, on the team with individual players and just like units as a whole, but. Uh, one thing I'm curious is like, what do you guys think that we could do to maybe fix that or change that? Like what, who can we ship out? Who can we bring in? Like we can't just keep doing the same thing and expect different results. So yeah, I have a, I have a few ideas here. One of my top candidates, uh, Justin Holiday, used to be on the Bulls, just got traded to Memphis, mm-hmm. was really mad about that one. 
So it looks like he's off the board unless Memphis just spirals and stuff like that, which I which is really unlikely. So he he was my top candidate, but he, but he's off the board. Excuse me. Uh, another candidate that I thought was uh, Suns forward T.J. Warren. Yeah, he's six uh, eight and he's just a bucket getter. And this year he's developed a three point shot, and so that could really help us. And he's got size which will help us on defense and just having a more consistent offensive production while, and he, I know he's not as good of a defender as Mo, but he's can still do things on the defensive end where it can help our team defense and our concept and all that. I mean, and plus I, he scores like 17 yeah, points. A I game. just want, I just want to add also like at, if you watch him playing college ball at North Carolina state, that's what he was a bucket getter. He just kept doing that. And he is nice to watch on the suns, especially because it's just him and Booker and, you know, um, Aiton out there just <laughs> – I don't yeah. even know what they're doing right now in Phoenix. I mean, I'll I was able that. to watch that game, Phoenix and Washington, the triple overtime game, <laughs> back when I was in D.C. I can't believe you were watching that. Yeah, that's, I was, that's I was in the arena. Yeah. But Warren had, like, 30 points. He was killing, like, him and Booker and, you know, obviously Bradley well, the Beal Suns, had a triple-double. The, the Suns don't have too many bucket getters. <laughs> <laughs> they need something. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, like, is, is TJ Warren that one that's really going to move the needle for us? Uh, well, I mean, he could give us scoring from the small forward position, which we haven't had, you know, since arguably, if you wanted to call Batum a, a consistent scorer. No. Uh, <laughs> and so you go behind that, like, we haven't had a, a small forward that can be somewhat reliable for a very long time. Scotty Pippen? <laughs> for one well, he's played one year right with us i think it was like two or three uh, and then i was like kind of like end of the career but that might yeah have been. the other guy that i was mad that we missed out on was kelly Ubre. kelly Ubre. i mean kelly Ubre. big fan Hol of kelly Ubre. him and holiday got moved for you know a bag of potatoes and, and we got left out on both of them yeah i mean if phoenix re doesn't want to uh, re-sign him in the offseason they traded for him early enough i think where they could reship him i may be mistaken but if they can do that that might be a great candidate for us to look at now y'all just said nicholas batum and you guys said he was inconsistent but i just actually heard nicholas batum is actually back on the table and looking back at his stats like he's that person that we need like when we got rid of him our small fur really went down uh just looking at his stats and in 2012 he averaged 14.3 the year before that he averaged 13.9 2013 he averaged 13 and then he went down i know he had injuries and stuff right before we shipped him off in 2014 but he only averaged 9.4 but to me nicholas batum could be that person that we are missing and I've he's a good defender too yeah I, I i agree with that like i was i was always a nick batum fan uh but the thing is if we trade for him is he going to be on the floor on the floor and you know, he has had a lot of injury troubles the last few years, right. and that's the only thing that would kind of draw me back a little bit. But if he's healthy, I would welcome him with open arms. I mean, last year he played 64 out of the 82 games. The year before, 77 out of the 82 games. Okay, so it's a little and more this, than I expected. This I, year he's played 37, which is, I think, almost yeah. missed like two games. But okay, the so problem, he's a little more consistent. Field goal percentage at 46% right Dude, he's now. He's shooting at 40% three-point percentage. Olshay, go get the man. But uh, I've had the misfortune of watching some Charlotte games which outside, <laughs> outside of Kemba Walker. Jeez. I can not, just hear the what? disdain in your not voice. A, not a lot of fun. <laughs> not a lot of fun. And I understand that on paper, Batum looks like he's doing okay, but he looks like a shell of himself. Mm, it's, yeah, I bet. He's he, 32. 
he does not look like the same play, even close to the same player. And if you add on the contract, yeah, I, he's I, getting paid. How much right is he getting paid? Uh, just over twenty. So yep. <laughs> that's a, that'd be the problem. Is his last year of his contract? It, it's got to be huh? close because I think when he went, he he resigned for a few years. It's he's got to be getting close there. Uh, Another person coming 24 up. Twenty four million. Sorry for one year. For I, this is last year. I'm not sure what. Oh, okay. It just yeah. He's got this year, oh, next baby. year, and then wait for it. He's got a player option for oh, 2020. Yeah, I'm gonna have to hit that with that pass. Yeah, never mind. <laughs> that would probably be worse than the ET contract. Disregard what I said about bringing him back. <laughs> yeah, I'll pass on that too. Unless Charlotte's gonna eat that up, but yeah, we'll pass on that. So he's uh, got another guy, Drew. Who's I mean, that? what about that other guy? I mean, I'll, I'll pretty much throw everybody on the table besides Damian Lillard for Anthony Davis. Oh yeah, easily, easily. easily. I, mean, I heard somebody trying to argue that they're like, "I don't want to get rid of CJ. I love him so much." And I'm like, "Who who would they trade him for?" And they said Anthony Davis. And I said, "In a heartbeat, yeah. no question. You could tie my hands behind my back. I'd like, no question. Unless it's moving Lillard, because you know he's a pillar of the franchise. Anybody else is on the table. Let's make it work. Let's get these numbers crunching. You know, do your job. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we posted it on social media. It had a lot of good reaction to it and effort. All the fans were like on board with the move. So, I mean, mm-hmm. O'Shea, everybody's on the table, but Damian Lillard for the fans. I mean, and like a guy of that caliber, like you, you got to take a risk. People will say, you know, oh, he's, he's just going to leave after next season. Uh, that might happen, but, you know, Paul George is supposed to leave also. Yeah. And he's, he's signed for four more years mm-hmm. and he's killing in OKC. So, you can't let that scare away, scare you away. If it was like, for a three-month rental, I get that. But he's still got a whole another year on his contract. We could get him, do well, expand on our team in the offseason, and have a good, solid contender next year. It's hard to it's hard for a guy to turn and away. Anthony Davis really looks like he's on his way out. David Stern just put something out talking about general manager for the New Orleans Pelicans and how he uh, has treated the whole Anthony Davis situation bad. and He called, he, him, he called him incompetent, basically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was pretty bad where the, like, the, 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 uh, organize, the New Orleans Pelicans organization had to rebuttal and say that they were disappointed in David Stern's comments <laughs> and stuff. So it's looking real bad for New Orleans right now. And, uh, I mean, we, we got to throw everything at, at that. I mean, I would be disappointed if we don't even try. Yeah. to get Anthony Davis. And if the if New Orleans continues to slide, Boston can't trade for Anthony Davis until the offseason. So if they're sliding and they're desperate, it's we could we could give them an mm-hmm. offer if they're really impatient. And I think another thing to what Bo was saying about playing it safe, championships aren't won playing safe. Yeah. You got to take risks. Underrated factor. If we were able to make a deal and hold on to Nurk, I really like that lineup because there was questions with Davis and Cousins, you know, two big men on the floor, and they did great together. Anthony Davis is so mobile, he can play the floor. Yeah, and easy. obviously, you know, Nurk's not DeMarcus Cousin, but they're a similar style of player if you take away the three-point shot. You know, they're both big men that bang inside. I think it could be a really nice fit because you wouldn't be able to double-team on Davis because you have another big guy right there on the block. Uh, so I think that that could be an interesting fit. Again, it's all ifs and buts right now. Uh, but I would love, love, love to see that happen. Uh, let's jump into uh, into our recap of last week. So, up and down week, two and two. You know, we had the just before, just into the week before, we had you know the nice overtime win at Golden State, and then we lost at home. Followed it up again, the blowout win against Philadelphia, which 
I don't know about you guys. I thought that was really odd. Back to back for us, they're on like two or three days rest. Yeah. Also, they they had him beat out. And yeah. They threw out some weird lineups. Mm-hmm. I I think Brett Brown was just like kind of like okay, we don't have him beat. I think they were also in the middle of like yeah. Uh, in the middle of like a tough stretch for them. So I think he's like, all right, let's just try some stuff here. Cause they had some really like they had some lives where it was some of their worst defensive combinations on earth. There's some weird things going on in Philadelphia right now too. <laughs> I mean, the, uh, the, the coach is disagreeing with stuff that's going on with Butler yeah. and they're, they're, they're saying, can he actually coach this, this team and these stars that they have on it, you know? So, but now I'm like starting to, I'm, you know, I love Butler. But he's. It's starting to is seem he the like. Problem? Is he the problem? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, I was. I've always been a huge heck? Jimmy Butler fan. I love Butler, man. Like you know that there's a saying. You know, if if you if you run into a jerk in the morning on your way to work, Draymond Green, he's a jerk. <laughs> but if you run into jerks everywhere you go, you're the jerk. <laughs> and I think that's kind of what's happening with Butler to me. It's kind like, of like an eye for an eye. Everywhere he's going, like he, there's a problem and. He's kind of the common denominator. Could it be Butler or could it be the coach, though? Because they have such yeah. a young team, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Is it is it Butler coming in there as a veteran, seeing things that are going on, and, and the young guys maybe didn't speak up on it beforehand, you know mm. what I'm and saying? And I think a funny, a funny thing is that most of the time, his concerns are right. Mm-hmm. He's just an asshole the way right. he says it. <laughs> right. And yeah. it's just kind of like that tough love, but he kind of takes it too far over the edge. Right. And so it's tough for that. Yeah, it's like it's like he doesn't have that filter yeah. to kind of like keep it keep the workplace, you know, calm. Mm-hmm. I do see what Dre's saying though cuz in at um in Minnesota too, that team is young and he has to be yeah. the guy that has to you know, mm-hmm. take all the hits and be like, "You know what? This is what I think. Mm-hmm. This is how we should be running this." showbiz so yeah i could see it going the other way too i don't know you just yeah. gonna have to find out it's it's a weird situation it's, it's that Philly. game yeah well following up that uh philadelphia blowout we had uh, the nice ot win at sacramento the nerf <laughs> five for five game i was on my birthday i, I can't talk enough about that nobody game. cares we care about the game not your birthday Thanks, thanks, Wang. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm, uh, that was a good win too for us, you what? know, against a Sacramento team. That's the way they came back in the well. fourth quarter there, yeah, you know, they kind of gave up the lead and then like just went balls to the walls the last like two minutes and kept, got back in it. Yeah, their back, their back court is uh, going to be good in the future yeah. if mm-hmm. they keep them two around. I'm gonna mm-hmm. I'm gonna keep plugging the website because we we've got some great contact content on there with all our writers. But on my weekly preview, I said that they're their speed that they play is really tough for teams to match up against. And it, it can lead to a yeah. lot. Yeah. With Fox. The, so yeah. he's, he's the fastest baseline to baseline. Right? Uh, that's not yeah. what Westbrook said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Bogdanovich too. I really like yeah. Bogdanovich, but any, going back to it, it's their speed puts them at, such, at an advantage that makes the game so close and us pulling out a win, I think was really good for us. Mm. Yeah. And Curry was clutch. Yeah. He oh, played I mean, really that's well. His, that's against his former team. Yeah. yeah. He yeah. Had put on. He had, he had a little 15, chip on 18. his shoulder. Yeah. Quick too. He had 18 quick yeah, points. 18. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He had a quick 15 points and then stats took him out. But. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to, I want to speak on one thing from the, uh, the most recent game, Oklahoma city. You know, we were in control, it felt like, for most of that game. And feel free to disagree with me here, guys, but end of the game, there's, you know, 20-some seconds left. We got the ball. I get I get the decision to let Lillard run it, you know, just run in and try and get a shot because that's the same thing we did, did against the Kings and went into overtime. 
But then on the offensive rebound, we get the fourth shot with 10 seconds left on the clock. It's a mid-range. He can hit that shot, but there's time on the clock left. Personally, I think that's a time where Stotts needed to call the timeout. We, We were fortunate enough to get the offensive rebound, call the timeout, get something set. Let's get a good play running, you know. Uh, so me, I think that loss is on the, on the head coach. And OKC is so long, so athletic on defense that I think the time, like Stott said that he wanted to uh, have the defense not set. OKC mm-hmm. is really good defensively in transition. Uh, I so. think they're the best defensive team. They are. Yep. Yeah, they're, Dude, they're up there. They got what, Jaron Grant, uh, Ferguson, right? Ferguson. They got a lot of athletic. Yeah, Rubber, Steven Adams. Yeah, Roberson's not even playing. Adams yeah. was killing us on the yeah. offensive rebound. Adams is a beast. Adams, Adams, along with Nurkic, I think are fringe all stars. Mm. Mm-hmm. So, moving forward, this next week today, obviously we've got the Rockets tonight, Saturday. Um, I am be, scared for this one. <laughs> you're scared for this. One? Harden's I'm, hot, man. Harden's hot. It's in Rose City. Know, like I said, man, Dame picked up on his defense. So as yeah. long as we, they're gonna hit us with that pick and pop. All night long. So mm-hmm. as long as Nurkic can stay concealed, you know, and, mm-hmm. and don't let uh, see the announcers like I, I'm okay with containing the three point line and letting them letting the guards blow by us once we get that pick and roll. I'm okay with Nurkic containing that three point line and having the the point guard go to the middle because then you got other other defenders that can close in. You know, as long as they get there. <laughs> yeah, but the problem is is. Our our centers don't can don't contain that three point shot off after yeah. that pick and roll. They give those point guards that are good at shooting three pointers yeah, too back. much room. Yeah. yeah. Too much room because they don't want to get got off that first step. Yeah, I never agreed with that. Yeah. The fallback. Because then you just so especially with shooters nowadays, they're so quick to get that shot up if the guy fights over the screen. Yeah. So if your center is falling back, obviously Lillard has to go over the screen, opens him up for fouls. It opens, you know, mm-hmm. I, I never liked that. The, yeah. the, the pick and roll man falling back instead of, instead of jumping it. Yeah. And I know Anish, you could speak to that. Cause that's all we used to yeah. coach. Yeah. <laughs> Tonight depends on uh, the, the refs. There's actually ref in the game too. You know I mean? We're playing against Houston Rockets. We're playing against James Harden. We're playing against the refs. Yes. So it depends and, on how many yeah. times the, uh, the refs let James Harden actually go to the line. And you tonight. know they're I mean, going to give him some leeway. Yeah, after hey, that he's getting like 15 points at the line in a night. Hey, I mean, all I got to say is, I know you guys probably don't like it, but if Harden's, if the Harden can sell it to the refs like that, or more power to him. That's just how the game is. I just say he needs a he needs an acting gig. Yeah. <laughs> He's good at doing <laughs> it. He can play Grammy. Sloppy too if he wants. this man in Space Jam. Give him a Grammy. <laughs> I think also for the Rockets, more than Harden, who's just been obviously playing out of his mind, some of the contributing pieces, Austin Rivers has yeah. actually been playing well since like the week in the week that Houston has acquired him. And Daniel House has also played. Both of them at the two and the three have really filled in for Eric Gordon and James Ennis. Mm-hmm. And I actually tweeted on Christmas, Daniel House is a pro- is, it's bad when you're starting oh, yeah, Daniel House that. on starting lineup, <laughs> in the starting lineup. And then he liked the tweet. Yeah, that was big. Because <laughs> he's been playing well since. Wait, so now you're flipped on him. <laughs> I have not flipped on him. <laughs> but the that was a big loss for them losing Eric Gordon for, oh, yeah. is it a couple of months or is that? something I think like it's that. a couple of weeks. Is I think he's like, what I say. yeah, I don't think Four it's, to six weeks or something. I think like Chris, uh, Chris Paul is the one that was for six weeks and then he's like week to week day to day i don't know he's got but losing eric gordon i mean he's like six man of the year type of player yeah i'm saying that's big for you it's a hard loss especially especially with houston they're not very deep yeah especially after getting rid of a reason yeah Yeah, it'll it'll but as much as yeah although i did say the the 
the contributing or the role players have been playing well and they're important to watch, I think it's all Harden. Like, yeah. and I know he's so tough to guard, but if we can even like contain him a little bit, I'm hearing Capella trades too. What? You know, I mean, that's, that's, that 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 would hurt Houston. Capella has been playing amazing for him. For that, yeah, I wouldn't yeah. understand that much very much. What are they gonna get though? Oh no! I mean, do they even have their backup center? Nene. Nene's not bad, but he's you know Capella. Forty-year-old Nene. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> do the Nene. So Nene was Nene was young when I started watching basketball. Yeah, <laughs> he was. And so after the Rockets today, we've got the Knicks, the Bulls, and the Hornets. Not much to say about those three, except for that's got to be that three group. wins. Put that I in really hope yeah. so. That's got to really be three bag wins. It up. And they're all at home. All those are home games. Yeah. There's no way we should be. We should drop one of those. I could. I could understand dropping the Rockets. James Harden. You know. So we got a lot of former Blazers coming back to home, huh? We got Robin Lopez, Lolo. Nicholas Batum, Noah Vonley. Noah hey, Vonley. We didn't. We didn't talk about this. What about Rolo coming back on a cheap trade for a bench, actually for some bench? Bolster. Have you guys seen the picture of Rolo? I mean. Is this man Sideshow? homeless? Sideshow? Sideshow, <laughs> Sideshow Bob? Bob. Yeah, right? I don't understand it. He, I, I, I loved him. In it. Hey, he, was a, he, was a, he was one of my favorite guys. But he was. He was I, I agree a, with he's a good guy. With He'd be a really there. solid backup now. Yeah. Like, he's aged a little bit, so I don't think he can do the starting thing for a mm-hmm. playoff contender, but as a backup, especially with uh, pairing with Zach, he'd kind of be like that Ed Davis. Yeah. I know a different skill yeah. set yeah. and stuff. He, he's too slow. His his contract is fourteen million right now. Okay. Yeah, but it's expiring is at it, the end of the year. At the end of the year. Yeah. Okay. So if we let's say hypothetically we trade ET for him or Myers for him, we get off an additional year of their contract. Is he going to work get on our minimum bet? Go ahead. No, go. Is he going to work in our fast paced offense with ET? There no. is no fast paced offense. No, I'm just saying Robin Lopez though. I mean, on the yeah, in the set in the second unit, it it's not really a fast paced yeah, offense. Yeah, half court set. Yeah, yeah. I, I just think he could be in the, like in the second unit, fifteen minutes a game, just being a solid pick and roll guy, getting a few boards, kind of just being an enforcer oh, almost. Over Zach? No, no, no. We're I, playing, I know we're playing with Zach. I know Myers has played well, but he offers a better dimension defensively. Yeah, because I think Zach and Myers are right now. I think they're a little bit redundant, but I think switching it up and having Rolo in there would give a better flow to the bench mm. in terms of the yeah. bigs. Yeah. Zach has a little bit of an edge on him on a defensive side, though. He does. Yeah. He's Myers growing. Does yeah. Yeah, yeah Myers. That, absolutely not. That clear path filed the other night, last night, was I was like, Myers, are you serious? Right? Like, you obviously not Let in Let me stop talking about him before he blocked my Mr. Blader. Yeah. Me <laughs> <laughs> no, but he's been, he's been playing all right nah, this he's year. he's been doing better, yes. Shout out, Myers. We see you. Uh, so let's uh, let's wrap that up for today. Uh, make sure you guys are checking out blazergonian.com. We've got merchandise coming out. We've got a new line. Correct me if I'm wrong, Dre. Is it out already or is it just about to drop? The Rise it is about series? to drop, and the big thing about that is we're actually going to drop it around our eight-year anniversary, which is actually coming up in the next week or so. So be on the look for that. And speaking of anniversary, we're already looking ahead to our 10-year anniversary. Um, so all the venues, the club promoters, the venue promoters, please uh, email me, officialblazergang at gmail.com so we can get that in the works. Two seasons from now is right around the corner. So we definitely want to do something big for our 10-year uh, mm-hmm. anniversary. Yeah, that's going to be dope. And the 8-year anniversary is going to be dope too. Um, yeah, absolutely. Living def- in the now. <laughs> yeah, that Rise Above edition with uh, City, City, uh, City Apparel and Designs mm-hmm. is going to be good. 
Yeah, stuff um, looks hot. Yeah, definitely looking forward to that. Rise above all who don't believe. Exactly. Great, great motto for the team and our whole history. Absolutely. And make sure you guys are checking back with us next week because we're going to have another special guest, Mr. Josh Rodriguez from the Dime Podcast is going to be in studio with us. So look to mix that up a little bit. I'm sure he'll have his own hot takes. Uh, one last thing before we leave. I want to give some shout-outs to all our behind-the-scenes producers. We got Derek, Joey, and Brian doing all the heavy lifting behind the scenes. I know Brian's sitting over there on, watching me on his cell phone in the corner. He's paying attention. <laughs> Thanks for all you guys do. We really appreciate it. We couldn't be here without you guys. Of course, Henry V Events for the wonderful studio every weekend to use. And Killer Burger for just keeping us fueled up every week. Hey, Houston, you have a problem. Go Blazers. Go Blazers. Hey. We got what you want. We got what you need. Come and light it up, up. Come and join the team. We got what you want. We got what you need. Come and light it up, up. Come and join the team. Blazer gang, blazer gang, blazer gang, blazer gang. We got what you want. We got what you need. Come and light it.